It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. And I started focusing more in the, in the tech sector. So I finally said goodbye to, to W2 and, and started a tech company and, uh, you know, went out and, you know, contacted as many people as I could to figure out how to get contracts and, and uh, start offering my services. Was able to hire some remote people uh, overseas to, to help with some of the workload, coding, and everything that needs to be done and start to manage some of those things. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Hey guys, so we're back again. This is the second part of the episode with today's guest. I need you, if you have not heard part one, go back to the previous episode and listen to that first and then come back and join us here today. But you're not going to want to miss what they already said because then you'll be lost with what they're about to say. But in any case, you don't want to miss the whole, you need to hear the whole conversation. This is why we split it into two parts. There's so many nuggets. It's so juicy. Go back and listen to the first part. But yeah, so part of this being a paid magician, a paid DJ and a paid blackjack dealer or blackjack player, and the real estate investing how many that's how okay how many of these streams of income have you had running at the same time and i would have to calculate that because i haven't talked about any of the other stuff yet what okay all right we gotta, <laughs> so how many other things are there just name them all currently or just stuff i've done in the past too uh, i don't you're blowing my mind right now so yeah current currently tell me current tell me currently what are you doing currently? And then add in what you've done or tried in the past. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'd like to make a caveat that most of the things that I've done have not been successful. There's maybe like three that are relatively good. And like okay. The rest were just learning experiences, right? So, yeah. you know, did I make money in real estate? Yes, I'm continuing to make monthly money in real estate. It's not, uh, I didn't become a millionaire off of that at all, but it's just providing another stream of revenue. I, do I want to make a million dollars in real estate? Absolutely. And I know uh, the blueprint that it takes to get that. It's just a matter of putting that focus on that business to grow it to where I want it to be. Uh, but so I'm going to take a pause on the, the story from my 20s because, well, actually, I don't have to. I can, I can breeze through it. So the rest of the 20s were like uh, doing DJ, DJ, DJ gigs, magic shows, playing blackjack, pretending to work my engineering job buying houses and renovating them and, and getting rental income from that. 
And then at age 27, I moved down to DC, the DC area, because one of my friends who I actually taught had a DJ moved down there and he was like, Hey, you can, uh, you can, you can make more money down here, you know, doing software engineering work than you can in, in Jersey. So I did that, um, and started to network with other real estate professionals. Eventually met my now current business partner. His name's Greg, great guy, really wealth of knowledge has had a background in real estate and mortgage. He's a real estate agent. He's a mortgage, mortgage licensed mortgage professional. So yeah, we, we got together and then we started flipping houses down here in, in Maryland. We flipped like 12 houses in like a year, uh, and did that, did that here in, in Maryland. And after the money kind of dried up from what some of the margins were with flipping, we decided to take the crews that we were using to do those flips and start a construction company. So we wanted to specifically focus on roofing because interior stuff, we found that clients were just way too picky and it was just, there's a lot. I mean, a roof is like, you know, you install the roof to specifications and you know, you're in there in and out in a day and you get paid. That's it. So, but granted, I mean, I make that simple, but there are a lot of liabilities with roofing. It is one of, one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. Um, so you need proper insurances and everything like that. So just counting now. So I had that, there was a company called JG Atlantic Capital. That's what we used to do the real estate operations and flipping houses. And then we made another, the J and the G stands for Jessup and Gray. His last name is Gray. So another company called JG Roofing and Construction. And that's, that's what we did these, these roofing operations with. So keep in mind, I'm not a roofer. I'm not a construction person, but we, we read books and we went and got the Maryland home improvement, uh, home improvement license. He took the exam and Greg was able to pass it in the first day that he took it. So we got, we became licensed, licensed contractors in the state of Maryland. And then we had reciprocity in DC and Virginia. So yeah, we, it was, it was a lot of work with a lot of learning, um, but we made almost a million dollars in our first 11 months of business and in, in gross revenue, it was like 972,000. So, and that was never having any experience. And what I found in the construction industry is that most, most, most people in that industry are not good salespeople and they have horrible customer service. So I'm talking like basic, basic stuff. Like, um, someone calls to get a roof. You answer the phone and actually call them back. <laughs> Go to an appointment and follow up. Like those kind of things. Like people, I've had countless customers say to me, wow, like you called me back. I wasn't expecting you to call back. Like, wow. Nobody else. I called 10 people. Nobody, nobody even. Wow. Very low bar to surpass. Yeah. And you know what? It's so sad in a lot of professional like services industries like that, especially, and I've experienced it myself, especially dealing with contractors of any kind, either, and not even just in real estate, in a lot of businesses. Like if you think about like people who do hair, mechanics, like just things like that, they're really good at the service part, harbor at the business management part. Like they don't know how to, that's why I pay extra to go to salons where they actually like have appointment times, like have bookings, like this, it, the place is nice. Like they they have professional services on top of being good at the actual service they're providing because you can't have one without the, I mean, you can, but then you got to deal with, you know, people being late, not calling, not communicating, needing to change your appointment, just all these little things like make such a huge difference in your experience and they can be so small. So the fact that you already had that customer service background really was, I guess, a good mesh with, with Greg. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, Greg is an awesome, awesome business person as well. His, his sales tactics is very personal, personable, um, and just been successful with everything that he's, that he's touched in, in business. So really, really good strategy with him. Um, so that, that was like kind of the construction, construction thing. Uh, we are still incorporated. We haven't really, we kind of went away from that because Greg wanted to move in a different direction doing focusing back on his real estate business and selling mortgages when everything was booming, you know, these past couple of years and done very well in that, in that regard. And I started focusing more in the, in the tech sector. So I finally said goodbye to, to W2 and, and started a tech company and, uh, you know, went out and, you know, contacted as many people as I could to figure out how to get contracts and, and, uh, start offering my services, was able to hire some remote people uh, overseas to, to help with some of the workload coding and everything that needs to be done and start to manage some of those things. So wait, what kind of tech company did you start? So it's a company called Just Up Technologies. We're a tech tech services company that, that offer software development work, full stack software development, front end, back end, middleware, anything that clients need. I can basically, if I can't do it, I figure out who can hire to get it done and then we do it. Um, so that's, that's a, that's another company. And those are basically the skills that you learned in your tech W2 over the years. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm kind of a hybrid because most people in the tech industry, you know, we're sitting in front of a computer all day. Right. And like, don't have very many personal skills, don't have the sales skills. They're, they're highly skilled at what they do on front of the computer. But when it comes to anything else outside of that, like you can't even have a drink at a bar and talk to, talk to somebody, uh, like a normal person because you're, 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 you're socially inept is what I say. Yeah. It's a stigma in that industry, but a lot of, a lot of people, you know, a lot of my peers and coworkers were like that, are like that. So I was definitely grateful to have been exposed to doing things like the magic and doing things like prepaid news because that helped me be able to actually interact and talk to people, say hello and like not be weird about things, you know? So that's, that's, that's definitely helped a lot. That's, that's, that's another company. You asked me for what, what's happening now. So what, what's currently happening now is adjustive technologies. That's one. Uh, two, I have another company called JG Oil and Gas, right? JG Oil and Gas. So oh my gosh. I, oil and Gas too. <laughs> I was on vacation in, in South America and I was on the beach and the guy next to me, we just struck up a conversation and just started talking about multiple streams of income. And I was like, Hey, this is right up my alley. And he was telling me he's all pharmacies, he, he's on all, all kind of real estate rentals, and he's he re- recently started doing oil leases. And I was like, really? What's that? How does that work? So it's, it gets pretty in-depth, but make a long story short, flew to Texas when I got back from South America, and I went to check out some oil fields and had the opportunity to invest in it to buy a percentage of an oil lease. And, and what that does, just like a lease in real estate, I mean, you have a long-term lease, on some land that's producing oil, the oil, the land owner gets 25% of the money and you as the leaseholder get 75% of the money because you're maintaining the wells and doing all the, paying the electricity bill, all that stuff to, to maintain all the, the pump jacks and all that stuff. So I, I started that business and, you know, wanted to apply a real estate mindset to, to that business too. So I'm like, well, in real estate, you know, if I pay, let's say a hundred thousand dollars for a property, I fix it up for 20 grand, I'm into it for 120 and then I refi for 200,000. Right. And the re- they may say that's an 80% LTV loan to value for the refinance. Then I'm getting back 160 
from the refund, right? So I put it 120 and I get 160 back. So I'm making 40 grand in profit, but it's really not profit. It's all it's loan money, right? Yeah. And I take, get my 120 back that I put into the deal. So I'm like, how can I do that in an oil lease too? Because let's say like the cost of what this oil lease was, it was $100,000 for 8.3% of this oil lease, right? Okay. So what I did is I formed a C corporation and you know, there's, you know, there's S corps, there's C corps, there's LLCs, there's, you know, different legal entities for forming company. So formed a C corporation because I wanted to be able to divvy out shares, you know, have shareholders and sell portions of my company to people. And I would treat that like a refinance, right? So what I, what I did is I took $100,000 and I bought the, bought the royal lease and it is producing, you know, income on a monthly basis. And I say, hey, investors, I'm dividing my company in half. So I, I'm an A-class shareholder and I'm selling off the B-class shares, which are 50%, right? B-class shareholders, they don't have any voting power. The only thing you get out of that is that you get paid every month proportional to how you invest. So it's like a LP position in a syndication, limited partner position. Yeah. Yeah, they have no voting shares and they just, what their distributions are based on how much they capital they brought to the deal. Exactly, exactly. So I did that and... You know, Mark formed a bunch of shareholders, I sold to a bunch of shareholders now, and they get paid whenever we get a distribution check from the oil field. And I, I sold the shares at a premium, obviously. So now my out of pocket is $0. So I am. And this is just on the 8.3% of the lease that you own. Yeah. I only own that hundred thousand. Right. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. So it's like, I, I bought it for a hundred thousand and I sold. I sold the shit. Well, I actually still have some outstanding shares, but I, I sold the shares for 108000 So For each share? No, 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 no. No, not for each share. For all the shares total, what equal 108000 So basically, you got your money back plus 8000 Now you get the cash flow from your hat. And, and I own 50% of the company. And that 50% is from the 8% of the lease. Right. So basically, 4% of the entire project you own and get cash flow from. Right. That's so smart. Depending on how much the oil produces and what the price of oil and all that stuff is. You know, I know it's an industry that's, the oil industry around is going to be around forever. Even though with the advent of electric cars, there's certain things that, you know, you still need oil for, like like uh, uh, airplanes and big ships that sail across the ocean for transporting goods and service, like all that stuff. So uh, it's not going away anytime soon. Even if I get a good, you know, 20 years, 30 years out of it, I and mean, it's still another stream of revenue so and it's something that I, I literally spend i actually right before this call i was doing work on it but i spend 15 minutes a month doing that and that, that, what? that all right we have to talk more about this offline because like i need to know more about how this works i've never heard of this is because see talk about learning what you don't know that you don't know i've never heard of oil lease before and this concept you did with the c-corp oh so genius okay keep going sorry you you smart oh, i appreciate that thank you <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I spent 15 minutes a month and that's really just setting up stuff to pay out investors, pay the people who invested and, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. And at the end of the year, I'll, I'll submit all my paperwork to be found and they'll, they'll take care of that. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's something that's a recurring revenue stream. That's what I'm, I'm really interested in and in recurring revenue stream stuff. So I remember at the beginning, I said, grow one thing, grow one thing. So I can have multiple businesses. I can do all these other things if I'm not, if they're not sucking too much of my time because I can focus on growing my, my tech business and well, suite of tech businesses right now. So that's, that's the oil, right? There's another, there's another company. I'm actually CTO 
and that's called Capital Energy Solutions, Capital Energy Solutions. And we are a company that is standing up EV charging stations, electric vehicle charging stations across the country, right? So my, I'm, I'm, I'm tasked with leading the technical direction of this organization as we continue to grow. And I'm actually CTO and co-founder of this, this company too. So this is, this is the new venture that I've embarked on with another business partner who's, is, he has like 50 years of experience in business, really a wealth of knowledge, um, but super, super excited about growing in that space too. And this, this is one of those businesses where it's like, you got to be in the right place at the right time. Like now, if you were to go and, and, you know, let's say, let's say, you know, you said, Hey, Drew, let's, let's go buy a gas station together. Like, yeah, we could make money off of the C store and a gas station maybe, but you can tell that that industry is on its way out, right? Yeah. The industry that's on its way in is the EV industry. So there's a, there's a phrase that all ships rise with the tide, right? So yeah. that industry is a rising tide right now. So you can mess up and do something amazing in that industry if you if you play your cards right. So, right. So you on both sides of the energy, the oil and the EV. Right, I, I am. Oh, I, <laughs> I am. Uh, oh, I... Yeah. That and that with that, I mean, there's, I could have another call in and of itself just about the energy sector as well. And some of the things that we're doing with demand response software and, and how to capitalize off of uh, uh, buying energy at when it's off peak hours and selling it back to customers during peak hours. So even aside from setting up charging stations and that, there's so many back-end revenue streams that you can make in that in that industry. So that's that's another company, Capital Energy Solution. You have another one? <laughs> no, that that's those are those are my primary focuses at this point uh, right now. I mean, that should be your only focus on this already. I have another one that's in the works, but I haven't I haven't stood it up yet because I don't have the time at this point, but. It's dealing with, I'm very passionate about cryptocurrency and also, you know, my background in, in the gaming industry, particularly with casinos. So it's a, it's a product that I'm developing. It's a technical product I'm developing in collaboration in, with Jessup Technologies and my sister. My sister is a co-owner in Jessup Technologies. So that, that product is going to service the gaming industry and bring um, various kinds of, various kinds of cryptocurrency related thing services to the industry. So that I'm super excited about that. We're, we're, I'm actually working on patents now so that before our suite of products is, is released for that, that we, we secured the intellectual property, but yeah, so can't, there's only but so much time in the day. So I haven't, I haven't completely. Yeah. You're already stretching it out to the max. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I was busy. Oh my God. But yeah, super, super passionate about, about all these things. And you know, if anyone. You know, Elon Musk has like five or six companies and he's, he's somehow doing it somehow. So, uh, you know, I think that if I take, put my head down and focus and grow one at a time and then move on to the next one, once one is on autopilot or you have a proper management team in place, then you can continue to, I can continue to, to grow and learn more. So that's, that's, that's the game. That's, that's where I'm at now. This was way longer than 30 minutes, just so you know, I forgot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I forgot to set my timer, so I don't even know how long this has been, but this was definitely going to be two episodes. Okay. But, <laughs> but the information of what you've done, it just expands so many different industries and skill sets, and it kind of all one feeds into the next. And you just sometimes you just start with something and you don't know where it's going to become helpful 
in the future. Just like you doing prepaid legal was just like because you saw people making money, but you didn't realize then that the, the skills you were going to gain from that were going to help you in other totally unrelated industries years down the road. You know what I mean? But how successful would that industry would have been without or that company without your skills in customer service? I mean, you don't know. It probably still would have been, but maybe not as good. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, one couldn't happen without the other, you know? Yeah. So. It's it's funny because a lot of, like, business partners and people who I still interact with are from those prepaid legal days. Like, every every close person that I've had where I've kind of rocked with on my my team has gone on to do great things. One's an author, published author, you know, relationship expert, dating coach. One, one owns a big marketing firm that's bringing in, you know, really, really large sums of income on a monthly basis. You know, people from, from, uh, also in the cryptocurrency industry, having, having startups that are valued at multi-millions now, like right off the bat, just lots, lots of stuff. So just the network that I was able to form as a result of being in that organization and just that's, that's also invaluable too. You know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, your network is your network. Yep. Of course. Very true. Oh my gosh. This really is crazy. Okay. And now this gives me so much more that I need to talk to you about offline. (laughs) Uh, And okay, listen, we're going to, I'm going to go to the final round of questions that we ask every guest. Okay. I really just hope everyone listening has gleaned some insight from Andrew's story and all the various different things that he's been involved in over the years and how one just kind of feeds into another. And basically, honestly, the the underlying theme I feel like from your story is just like educating yourself and then jumping in and implementing. Like you can't get progress without the actions of doing it. Yeah. And regardless if you're scared, regardless if you think you might lose all your money, like you still just need to try it because you never know where that's going to lead you. And it might open doors to the next thing that and have experience if you didn't try the first one. So you don't always have to have all the answers. You just have to start and find something that you're interested in, learn about as much as you can about it. And the thing is, even if you want to sink your teeth in and read five or six books, don't let so much information freeze you from actually taking the action. You At some point, you get as much information as you can and then just start implementing. So that's that's what it's all about. Like implementation is the bridge between your ideas and reality, right? So last I want to I want to second that because there's there's a thing called learn knowledge which you learn in books and there's a thing called activity knowledge which you learn from actually doing the thing learn knowledge so like the activity knowledge is is you learn a lot more faster Uh, is that is that a phrase a lot faster yes whatever (laughs) (laughs) correct grammar there you learn a lot faster through the activity knowledge but the foundational learn knowledge is, is, is absolutely necessary, but some people get really bogged down by, by the learn knowledge, thinking that they have to go and get ready to get ready. Like, oh, first it's like, in prepaid legal, people would be like, oh, I want to get my binder and I want to get my, you know, my, my paperwork together. I want to read the manual. I'm going to go put my flyers in order. And now I'm going to get off this desk and off this chair and sharpen my pencils. And like, people are busy <laughs> sharpening pencils and I am out there talking to people. I get it turned down, I get it rejected, but every 10 times, you know, I got one. Talk to 10 more people, got one. Talk to 10 more people, got two. Yeah. And more people got three. Wow. So now I'm improving, right? Yeah. Literally sharpening your pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I, I completely second what you said. I mean, it, that's, that's right on the money. 
That's crazy. Okay. Wait, wait, don't go yet. Have you been looking for a way to get started in real estate investing, but you just don't know how? You need the Launchpad. It's brought to you by my company, Norfest Holdings. And the Launchpad is a free guide with a ton of resources I've compiled to help you invest into your first real estate syndication. It includes terminology, book resources, video explanations, all the information that you need. Don't know what a syndication is? I got you covered. How to find a good operator. How to even tell if a deal is good or not without having to know how to underwrite it all. It's all in there. The Launchpad is designed to help launch you into the next stage of your investing career and get you invested into your first multifamily syndication as a passive investor, meaning you can be a landlord and own a piece of a large apartment building, but still go about your day-to-day -day life without having to stop and learn every single detail about what's under the hood and how it all works. The link to the guide is in the show notes. Make sure you sign up today. Again, this is a free resource and guide. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. Now let's finish up the show. So final questions. Now, the first one is Warren Buffett said that diversification is protection against ignorance. Now, what do you take that to mean? And, and is it right, wrong? Is it positive and negative? What do you, what do you feel about that statement? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually familiar with that phrase. I, I, there was another version of, of him saying that uh, I think he said something to the effect that, you know, diversification is for investors who really just don't know what the heck they're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with it because if you know what you're doing, you can make things work that need to work. Uh, but I'm not saying that you don't diversify your income stream. Absolutely do that. But I, I'm not a huge stock person. And that's, that's another thing that I need to learn. Like I've invested very minimally. Like I know more about cryptocurrency than I do stocks, but you, you're asking what my take on that is. I mean, I, I agree with it. I absolutely agree. Okay. True. And you know what? And that's exactly what I take it to mean as well is it's just that people diversify, like you said, cause they don't know what they're doing. So yeah, they exactly. diversify to be what a, what a 401k is like, yeah, to be serious. Job X doesn't know anything about investing. So they give their money to some money manager in the sky who diversifies invested makes them some small return while they're literally you know raking raking you through the coals with their fees and stuff like that and making zillions of dollars while you make a modest return <laughs> yeah that one percent fee it sounds little oh. it sounds like it's little that's why it's disarming to people but if you look at the charts yes. that that joint adds up over time but we'll that we got to save that breakdown for and that's actually a good podcast episode uh, someone breaking down the chart of like what those fees actually mean for your investing. But anyway, Absolutely. so um, in the game, you paid Monopoly before. Absolutely. Yeah. I know you have. Okay. Bloodwalk or Baltic, what is your first purchase and why? Like what's your strategy for winning the game? What's my strategy for winning the game? Yeah, which one are you going to purchase first in your attempt to win the game? Um. Well, I know people don't like those two options. Sometimes people like middle of the room, but yeah, yeah option Boardwalk or Baltic. What was Baltic? I don't remember that one. So Baltic is the cheapest one. Boardwalk's the Boardwalk's the most expensive. Oh, okay. My my answer is everything. I mean, I, I would try to win that game by literally buying any and everything that I could afford and land on. <laughs> and whether it was a cheap one or a most expensive one, because like, let's say you go around the board eight times and you save up your $200 you get, right? just to buy boardwalk. 
And if someone lands on that, you get paid, right? But the chances of someone landing on Boardwalk are like, how many spaces are on Monopoly? Like 36 or 40 yeah. spaces? One in 40 chance of you getting paid, right? Whereas if I spent my money and I bought everything else on the map, I'm getting paid wherever you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, I, that, that was my strategy to do. Yeah. To do whatever. Somebody else's answer was, uh, they heard you know, that there's that phrase you buy real estate and wait you don't wait to buy real estate right so that makes sense buy whatever you land on first okay I yeah like it. yeah whatever make if the numbers make sense like anything could be a deal for months if the numbers make sense and exactly sense. exactly okay what does wealth mean to you what does wealth mean to me it means the, the freedom of choice it means the ability to use your use your resources to help other people to grow businesses and ideas that you have to really ha have the freedom to explore things in life that you're passionate about so um wealth wealth is is leaving a legacy for your family and and you know not being attached to a nine to five unless you want to be like it's your choice it's your choice to to be building xyz business because that's what you're passionate about that's what you want to do Wealth is, is having your name on the building, you know, you, you controlling your destiny, having multiple, multiple streams of income, you know, having assets that pay you money every month. You know, if you are your only asset and your asset does not go to work, then your asset will not get paid. Right. So yeah, that's, that's what it means to me. All those things. I love it. Uh, only a couple more, one more main one. Rhett is okay. This question is, what's the one thing you need to take your business to the next level? Now, which business you want to refer to is up to you. You got too many businesses, but oh. you can take that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm a, I'm a, I also own a, a coffee shop and art studio in South Jersey. Oh my God. Oh, okay. I'm a co-owner, co-owner co of that. I did. Another business partner. I forgot, I forgot that one, but that, that's actually, uh, it's called the turquoise cup. Uh, we can put that link in there too, because anybody in South Jersey should go check it out. It's a good. I want to go now. Next time I'm at my bonds, I'm going to go to the turquoise cup. Oh my God. I cannot. It's just too many. Okay. Pick a business, whichever one needs them. You're in the most growth mode at this moment. And like, what do you need to help that? Because you never know who's listening, you know? Sure. Sure. So probably the turquoise cup. It's a brick and mortar business. It's a paint your own pottery studio. We, uh, we are what's called an art cafe. So it's a cafe. It's a Starbucks that, that, you know, you can do paint and sip nights in there. We rent out the space. It's on High Street in Burlington, South Burlington City, South Jersey. Uh, so, what do we need to take the business to the next level? Uh, strategic partnerships with with schools, with churches. Uh, you know, getting the word out there that, that we have an event space, something you can do a date night with your significant other. You can bring your kids. We host a lot of parties. We're like booked booked up till May with like a lot of parties every weekend which is huge. You know, we're, we're, we've been, the business has been in business for like 12 years, but we were in North Jersey and now we're, we've, we've relocated and we we're in Hoboken in Jersey city. And now we've relocated to South Jersey, but yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the business that's in the most, the most growth mode right now. Wow. Okay. I can't, if we didn't even make this, I can't, you probably got Five more businesses you forgot. Yeah, you, can't, you can't go in thing in one day. <laughs> conversation. No, no, we can't. All right. Last question. Just how can listeners get in touch with you if they want to talk to you, connect, if they have some type of similar synergistic 
businesses or knowledge or skills. They just want to see, you know, how you can add value to each other. Gotcha. I put it, my email in the, in the link, uh, Andrew at jessuptech.com or, uh, or my like social media. Yeah. Social media. Instagram is at DRU. That's it's kind of a play on words. So my, my name is Andrew Jessa, but everyone calls me Drew. And uh, so I just spelled the word Drew out. D-E-E-A-R-E-Y-O-U. Drew. <laughs> yeah. We'll have that link down in notes, in the show notes as well. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Jessup, for blessing us with your myriad. Like, you are the crazy, not craziest, but like the most diverse entrepreneur I have ever talked to, actually. And I've known you for so long, but like so much has happened in the span of time that it's just, it's ridiculous. You, you're into everything. You are super diverse all over the place, but like diverse, but dug in. Like, I don't know, is dug in a word? That might be bad grammar too. But anyway, you know what I mean? Like you go, your, your experiences are wide, but also deep because you go deep into knowing what you're doing so that you're diver- well diversified. So thank you for sharing all the information that you did. I am excited to like dig in some more to this and potentially partner with you on something in the future. Some of those things just sound so interesting. I have never even heard about. And now people know to like go out and search for that kind of information. Uh, Maybe I'll get some more books from you offline and I'll put those in the show notes too. Because you've read so many books. You probably could have like a huge like, just a Google Drive sheet just full of all the books that you've read in different industries or topics that people can start sure. going into if they're interested in anything that you've you said, if they want to get involved. So, sure. okay. Sounds like a plan. And like I said, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I uh, look forward to talking in the future. Nice. All right, everyone. So if this episode was of any value to you, Don't forget to share it with someone. Make sure you like and subscribe to like and subscribe. I think that's YouTube. So make make sure you like and comment in iTunes (laughs) so that we can expand and reach more people. It really helps the show out so that we can share this information with more people. We can uplift the community and and get everybody getting these multiple streams of income because that's what it's all about, right? So in any case... I will see you or hear you, hear you, see you. We'll engage next time. (laughs) Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.